Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season two of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners, if you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome to another inspiring episode of the Shine Within podcast, where we delve into the stories of individuals who have transformed their lives and are here to share their journey to inspire you. Today, we have the incredible Tanya Willis, a seasoned personal trainer, fitness and Pilates yoga instructor, and holistic health advocate with over 32 years of experience. Tanya is not just a professional in the field of fitness, she is a life changer. From battling weight fluctuations, emotional eating, and insecurities, to empowering women to achieve confidence and control over their food choices, Tanya's journey is nothing short of remarkable. Join us as Tanya shares her holistic approach to vibrant living, how to break free from the cycle of counting calories, and her unique PBA technique to overcome overeating. Whether you're looking to transform your health, mindset, or just need a little more joy in your day-to-day, Tanya's insights and vibrant living programs are here to guide you. Get ready to be inspired and learn how you too can step into the body and life you want. What don't you do, Tanya? (laughs) That's my question. <laughs> That's I've been around a long time, so I do quite a bit. Yeah, I really try and look at the holistic picture because we are holistic, yes. right? So yes. I really, you know, I started on one area, which led to another area, which led to another area. And that's why I call it like vibrant living, because it just, it encompasses, we are 
emotional, physical, spiritual beings. So I like to to get it all in there. I love that. And we want to I want to talk to you a little bit about overeating and habits because okay, back in the day, I used to because I'm the youngest, right? So my siblings are a lot older. They would have candy bars, you know, in 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 their little area that I would go ahead as a child go and sneak and eat and I felt like so happy whenever I'd eat that candy bar and then I would just do it do it do it and then I'd get in trouble they would tell my mom my mom's like what are you doing you know <laughs> I'm like but it's candy is so good so I've had always habits of having sugar and of course I shared with you um during my drinking time my body was used to that sugar so when I got off drinking what did I go to sugar <laughs> so I and also in my my history I was a weight loss consultant working for a company for many 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 years and we would try to teach these things but I wasn't always the best <laughs> example I would be like you know what to be honest I would eat sugar all the time so I would just love for you to share with us uh the journey that led you to develop your passion for helping women break free from the cycle of counting calories and the diet and the whole concept of the diet culture Oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, oh, there's so many places we could start here, but what I would say is that eating, like we don't have, there's a scale from one to 10. Okay. So first of all, some people eat a little bit of sugar. It's fine. No big deal. If you, you sound like me a little bit where you have one chocolate bar, which leads to another chocolate bar, which leads to another chocolate bar, which leads to another one. And that to me is, there's a couple of different things. One is sugar lights up our brain. Like it lights us up like a pinball machine and ping, 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 we want more, more, more. And there's this molecule called dopamine and it's the molecule of more. So some people are more susceptible to, uh, they can, some people can stop, they have one and they go on. Um, some people like myself, I have one, it triggers another, triggers another, triggers another. So there's chemical, there's understanding dopamine, there's understanding why you're eating it. And so I, which sounds like you, um, was on the higher end of the scale. So my husband would say something like, well, this happened you know, before my husband, but he's like, Tanya, why can't you have just one? And I'm like, you don't have a problem. And so... What I did for many years, which is what a lot of women do, is they try and control what they're eating. So, you know, you can count calories, count micro macros, count um, like you're just trying to, to, to focus on that one little thing. Right. When really that one little thing is a symptom of what of something else that is going on. So this took a long time for me to understand, because you have to remember, this is in the 80s and 90s that I was going through this, this was like pre all of this stuff. So even when I wrote my book, Cookie Dough in the Dark, my mom didn't even know um, what I was going through because of shame and guilt and fear and not understanding all of this stuff. And how do I express myself? So I turned to food for comfort. So Again, some people may not turn to food. They may turn to alcohol. They may turn. Some people don't even need the comfort. Some people have other things, but I'll just keep this to the, the food. So I created a very strong bond between feeling sad, eat, feeling lonely, eat, feeling any kind of discomfort. I would eat so that I would erase 
temporarily this feeling of discomfort. Sugar is also highly addictive, right? So it is even more addictive than cocaine, but you can get it anywhere. So, and, and the really unfortunate thing about sugar is it's, it's really in everything. So it is really hard to avoid um, eating added sugar. But besides that, so anyway, you, ha you have the chemical de dependency on it, right? You have the emotional dependency on it. And then you have, just like I said, that, that dopamine kicking in and you want more, more, more. So where do you start? right? Where do you end up starting? And I think what happens is, I'll speak for myself and a lot of my clients, but they come to me with all of these different issues, but their main goal is to lose weight. So again, they're not really focusing on the whole, um, all the issues going on. They just, they want to lose weight, but you have to break this down into what are the components that is causing you to gain weight? And one of them is eating, you know, basically sugar or too much sugar. And if you don't use it, it ends up, you know, sitting on your body. That's very simplistic. Okay. So a lot of people will use uh, willpower, which I did for years and dieting to try and control that sugar, but it's very short lived because discipline only lasts so long. Willpower only lasts so long. And I equate this to like holding a beach ball underneath the water. And then you're holding, 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 and then boom, it just explodes. And you go from this one side of the spectrum to the other. You've gone from restriction and now you're over to binging. So everybody is different. But what I have found over writing my book and just working with many, many, many women and working on myself is the concept of simple shifts. Because we need to eat. Now, we don't need to eat cookies and chocolate bars, but there's a lot of pleasure in that. And I know for myself that I cannot do complete restriction because I've tried it and it goes to a complete binge. So you have to understand yourself and where you are on the spectrum. And then you start to apply simple shifts. And one of the simplest things I started to do was I let go of dieting, let go of calorie counting, letting go of my obsession with weight, letting go of the grind and the push. And I just said, I surrender and I'm going to enjoy the journey. And then with the, oh, I just got goosebumps. And then with enjoying the journey, which totally, it's a mindset. Your mind is the most powerful um, contributor to where you're going. With that simple shift of just letting my mind enjoy the journey, Instead of trying to get to the top of the mountain and never eat sugar again, I started to take one step and one step. And I realized that I had no emotional skills at all to, to deal with my emotions. So instead of understanding how to regulate emotions, I would eat them. So I had to learn uh, skills to regulate emotions. I had to learn about micronutrition versus macronutrition and what we feed our gut we crave. And so you can start to see how it's not one thing, and this is why I'm certified in so many things, is that you have to bring in the whole picture. And that's why I like doing group training or one-on-one -on -one training, because you can really start to work with the individual instead of just saying, like, do this, right? So because, again, we're so different. And I will just say, like, one 
one simple shift I, I, I did, and I, I talk about this, and it was just huge, and I didn't even realize it, was I had no idea about my nervous system, none. And so that was something I had to learn about. And I learned about it inadvertently by starting foam rolling. And I learned how to calm my nervous system because I was stuck in fight and flight. So that's a lot of information there. Um, so, you know, when somebody comes to me, it's really important to just ask questions and for me to be curious and compassionate and also for you to do that to yourself and understand it's not about controlling the sugar or the food. It's really about starting to go on this journey of understanding yourself and having compassion, grace, love, and curiosity. Oh, I love everything that you just said right there. <laughs> it's so true. We have to discover who we are and then ask yourself these questions like, why am I hungry right now? Why? Why? Is it boredom? <laughs> is it because I am uh, craving something? Lacking joy. I'm lacking <laughs> right? connection. I'm not feeling loved. I'm not feeling worthy. Right. And then you, exactly. again, for somebody who has the odd candy, the odd chocolate bar, they, you know, they're on a different spectrum. I was on the top end of the spectrum. So the questions will be different depending on where you are and what your goal is. Right. And I was mm -hmm. sick. I mean, it, it really, I, I was sick for a lot of years. Um, and so I, I needed, I had kids and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't be sick anymore. So that was a huge motivator. Right. Now you have a special technique. It's called the PBA and um, which is the pause, breathe and ask. Hmm. <laughs> and can you go ahead and explain what that is in detail and how it can help in breaking the cycles of overeating? Yes. Yeah, so one of the things, as I mentioned, so in childhood, um, like habitual bonds are created. So say, for example, you scrape your knee, your mother gives you a lollipop, you're having a hard day at school, you come home and you get food. And so what happens is, is that this, this unconscious subconscious uh, um, bond starts to happen. And you take that into adulthood. And you do things without even realizing what you're doing. So 95% of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis is completely subconscious. Like we are not in control. Even though we think we're in control, we're not in control. So when my kids were younger, this is so crazy. But anyway, I have two boys and we were making gingerbread houses. And I'm a very systematic, you know, like let's go red, green, red, green across the top. And they were just like, whatever. And I was starting to feel myself getting very like worked up and anxious. And this is so silly over a, a gingerbread house, but I just remember this so vividly. And I went into my pantry and I, 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 I'm not really into store-bought things at this time. I was when I was younger, but I remember having my hands on my homemade cookies and I just stopped and I said, what am I feeling? And so this is the P. I actually stopped and took a breath. So PBA, pause breath, ask myself question. I paused instead of just reaching. I took a breath to bring myself back into the moment. And then I started to ask myself questions like, what are you doing? What are you feeling? Is eating cookies going to help you right now? 
And I just started to put a little bit of space between my reaction and eating, you know, it wasn't one cookie because one cookie led to two, led to four, led to 10. And that was the beginning of me just starting to break the habit of realizing. So I call that my PBA technique, pause, breathe, ask yourself questions. And then if you decide to eat said item, at least now you are starting to develop a tiny little habit because we, we think we, we have to go from eating 30 cookies, I'll just use cookies as an example, to zero. And like I said, that will not work. But if you can put this tiny little pause in here, start to ask yourself questions, bring yourself back into that present moment with your breath, you can make a conscious decision about what you're doing instead of an unconscious decision. So I don't know about you with drinking, but there's times when I'm already eating cookies or eating baked goods. And I, I'm, I don't even know how it's, it happened. <laughs> it, just, it just happened. So that's that technique. So if you just start to apply that, ask yourself some questions, breathe, pause, put some space in there. It really starts to, it's a very powerful, simple shift that you can start to do. Absolutely. Any techniques I always love. And thank you so much for sharing that because anyone can apply that to anything. It doesn't have to be about food. It's just like even cigarettes or alcohol or anything. So yeah, it's anything. an awesome technique. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I heard when you become the observer of your thoughts, we just did this in our coaching call this morning. It's fascinating because a thought is a belief. Mm -hmm. It's not a fact. Your thoughts and your and there there's what they are what's running the show. So when you can start to really tune into your thoughts and watch yourself like a movie theater, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is. Yes, I remember when I was like I don't always have to believe what my mind is telling me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me observe. Let me observe this for a moment and have awareness on it. And then, like you said, ask yourself those questions. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's great. Um, I did hear you talk about self-compassion. Now, in your experience, what role does self-compassion play in, in the journey to overcome overeating? And how can we start cultivating it? So I spent many, many years berating myself, hating myself. You're so stupid. Why did you do that? You said you weren't going to do that. And if, if you think about talking to your child that way or another person, I mean, it's awful, right? I, I just, you are basically deflating that person and taking everything away from them. And that's what we're doing to ourselves. And then how can you, how can you, move forward and do amazing things if you're feeling so small and constricted and deflated or deflated. So uh, when, when I started this process and again, you know, having children um, really kickstarted it for me, I was like, I have to love myself. And I just, I just made a decision one day just to stop talking to myself so negatively. Um, and I just started to be like, and so instead of saying like, why did you do that? You're such an idiot. I would be like, why did I do that? What am I feeling? How could I do this differently next time? And I, I, I just started to switch. And with asking yourself more open-ended, loving questions, you become more expansive and more curious. And then your brain starts to come up with new answers as opposed to like pushing you in a little box of constriction. So you really... And I know this can be really hard for a lot of people. 
Um, but you really have to love yourself like right now, right this very second, because what you are is what you have created. You are a product of your habits. And so you have the power to change your habits, right? And so just, just stand in glory of what you have created, knowing that you have the power to create something else. And I, I, you just have to practice self-love. Like you, I just start with one thing you love about yourself. Like I love your eyes. I love your smile. I, I love my toes, like just anything. And, you know, I don't mind standing front of a mirror naked. I haven't for a very long time and just be like, I love my body. Whereas before in my twenties and thirties, I'm like, my thighs have, they, they touch. I've never had a thigh gap. Um, look at the fat on my belly, like just really pulling and picking myself apart. And then again, just changing, just, you, you, you just make a choice. You just start saying, I love myself and you just keep practicing loving yourself. And it's not, it's not like, it sounds super easy, but it, it, on, on one hand, it really is. It's, it's just a choice to just start cultivating this love and joy and look at all the beautiful things you've done in this world and, and that you are just a, a gift and you have so much to share. So I don't know. That just makes me feel good. Yeah, it makes me feel good too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true. I, I remember those times where I would look in the mirror and then start hating on myself. I'm like, no. Uh, hey, like for example, like I have a C-section scar and I also have from my second pregnancy and then from my first, I have some, some stretch marks in the front. But I'm like, I embrace those because that reminds me of the beautiful gift that was given yeah. to me with my beautiful children. So it's like, hey, those are just good reminders that, hey, I this is what mommies had gone go through. <laughs> so I love my stretch marks and I love my scar. <laughs> They're mm -hmm. reminders of my beautiful kids that grew in my tummy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I like my wide hips. I, I you know, yeah. I got to give birth through those things. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, so for me with re talking about relapses now, um, I mean, I've had my fair share of relapses with drinking. Um, how do you suggest dealing with setbacks or moments of relapse in the journey, in the journey to end overeating habits? Well, nothing is a straight line ever. It, right. it, it, life is messy. Um, you know, we've chatted about this before we went live, but my, uh, dog, one of my dogs died suddenly this summer and it was devastating. Um, and it brought back when I was a teenager and I was going through the grief of my parents separating, which I hadn't fully healed from. And I reverted back into some very childlike behaviors that were very, easy for me to fall into because I didn't know how to deal with this grief of losing um, Crosby. And, but what was really fascinating is that I gave myself the permission to lean into what I needed to do um, without going over the, like, I didn't go over the cliff, but but I, I just I just know that life can get messy and it's not about perfection. It's about progression. And 
that I am with this incident that happened in the summer, had I not learned all the skills I had learned, it could, it would have been worse. It would have been way worse. So for me, I am not trying to be perfect. I am not trying to never eat sugar again. I am trying to, um, you know, not set myself up for falling, but understanding and learning as I go through this human experience that um, it's okay if I fall down. I call it failing forward. What can I learn from this? And Crosby dying, I learned so much about the fact that I had to go and do some inner child work. I still had some uh, healing to do. I still had some coping mechanisms to deal with. I still had some emotional skills to lean into and to really reinforce. So I I don't look at relapsing. And again, it depends on, you know, the severity of the issue, what kind of addiction you're dealing with. But I'm like, okay, you know what? I it's, It wasn't the best choice that I made, but what can I learn from this and how can I do better the next time? And again, that just comes with compassion and grace and just understanding there's a messy human here and if I'm getting a little bit better and a little bit better, then that's that to me is progress. So I, I just I think I reframe how I look at relapsing. There's obviously I call it peeling the layers of your onion. So it it was a a a layer of my onion that I had not yet gotten to, and I needed to do some work to get to the next layer. So. That is how I look at that. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, I've heard about that, the peeling off the layers of the onion. And you're right. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about perfection. It's about progress and just seeing the little wins that you've taken in your life. And I loved how you had mentioned, like, you have to think about, about all the things that you have accomplished and that you have done in the past and just really be kind of proud of yourself. Like, Hey, I accomplished these things. And then I, I tell a lot of my clients because they they sometimes they say, oh, this is the end of the world. You know, I'm going through some tough situation. And I said, well, let's go think about all those other tough situations that you've had in the past. You've mm-hmm. already overcome those already. So what makes you think you cannot overcome this one right here that's happening? And it's just the the spirit is so resilient and the practices like you were mentioning, the techniques, and if you keep on practicing and doing them and doing them, you will build that confidence. And you do, even though you may not believe it, like, you know, like those affirmations where you're saying, I am pretty, I am uh, successful, just start somewhere, okay? <laughs> even if you're not really believing it, just start somewhere. <laughs> and then yeah. eventually you'll start feeling it and as you're practicing more and more and just get better and better. <laughs> Yeah. You know, what I equated to, like I said, I was trying to get from the bottom of the mountain to the top of the mountain in a week, like, you know, Sunday. And it's like, okay, Monday, no sugar. I'm not eating any more sugar again. Well, that's like trying to get to the very top of the mountain. Right. right? And so sometimes you're climbing a mountain and you might need to take a break. Right. You might have to maybe you dropped your water bottle and you got to go back a couple of steps like it's not. What are you learning in the process? And this is where I give myself grace and compassion and room to develop as a human. And if I don't bring the grace, compassion and curiosity and love, I go back to being childish and and constricting and beating up on myself. And 
And I know that doesn't work. So I'm going to stay on this path and understand that taking a couple step backwards sometimes is, is, is okay. And it's not what it was. That's the thing. It's never what it was for as long as it was. So you are making progress. Right. It reminds me of that Paula Abdul song, Two Steps Forward, <laughs> Two Steps Back. This is in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. Um, but totally, 100%. And I, you reminded me because my husband, he's trying to cut out carbohydrates because he was a big rice eater. And, you know, he's noticing his belly, you know, expanding a little bit more. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I need to cut out rice. I mean, I need to cut out carbs and sugar. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I said, let's take it one at a time. <laughs> so mm. start cutting out your rice only if you want to. And then let's use, then eventually the sugar, but not all at once, because then you're going to you're going to be doomed. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this is an experience you, he's had. Yeah. You know, I it I, I don't know the difference between alcohol and food. The only the only difference I know um and uh, is that you know we have to eat every day. Right. And so I find that is really challenging sometimes. Like I said, we, we get those sugar hits when we don't know, and then it can spark something else. But if you say have a cup of rice and then you cut it down to three quarters of a cup and then you cut it down to half a cup and then you cut it down to quarter of a cup. And the thing that actually works better for me with my addictive personality is I almost, I cannot use the words, I can't have, because as soon as I say I can't have, I want more. Oh, yeah. So I'm more of the person where we do the addition principle. So I will put more, you know, protein and healthy carbs on the plate and they push out the unhealthy carbs. And this is also when you start to understand about um, micronutrition, what you feed your gut, your crave. Most of us are not eating enough good micronutrition due to like the quality of our soil and the pesticides and everything, et cetera, et cetera. So when you actually start to get the good things into your gut, you will start to not crave those things because when your blood sugar levels are more even, you don't crave what you did. So again, now you're looking at micronutrition, you're looking at how to balance your hormones and, or sorry, how to balance your blood sugar levels. And as women age, they really need to start paying more and more attention to this um, and keeping those blood sugar levels steady, which really helps you not want those things. So now you're not pushing. You're actually setting yourself up for success by understanding. I teach a lot about how to build a proper menopausal plate. So I'm in my 50s. So I am still going through perimenopause. I am not in my 20s and 30s. So what worked in my 20s and 30s does not work the same in my 40s and 50s. So understanding that we're changing, our hormones are changing, and that if we can start to add certain things into our diet, it really helps to control those cravings for the, you know, the fluffy white carbohydrates. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. we're aging gracefully. We're aging yes. gracefully. <laughs> and yes. I was going to speaking about aging gracefully and then building muscles to support for our support and, and prevention of osteoporosis, because I know you focus a lot about that too, because you do multiple things here. Can mm -hmm. you explain the importance of muscle strength for maintaining independence and preventing osteoporosis as we as we age? 
So your muscle is your muscle of longevity. So I've said a thousand times, and I, I believe this to my core, you must lift weights. So I'm, I'm going to talk, I'm going to do an episode on invisible health, because I think it's really important that we are just cells. We are just cells. That's all we are. And we tend to focus on outward appearance of what we see, right? But so many things are happening inside of us, like the heart of the health of our heart, the health of our gut, the health of our bones, what do our muscles look like? So when you can start to see, so this was one of my shifts I made again in my early 30s, when you can start to see yourself as a cellular being, and how can I support my bone health? How can I support my heart health? How can I support my microbiome? And all these invisible things that are happening. So as we age, unfortunately, we lose muscle mass. Like that's, that's a fact. As we lose muscle mass, it we also lo are losing bone, but we don't see it, okay? So we don't really even pay attention to it, but I want you to get excited about building strong bones. So what can you do to build strong bones? Well, you can obviously eat, you know, a diet that supports, and you can go look that up or we can talk about that later. But lifting weights to me is just on so many levels, so important because it puts a, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? An overload on your bones, which helps to keep them strong, okay? Your muscles and bones and all these things works as levers. So when you're moving your, those muscles, you're helping to you know communicate to the bones. How our body works, like they are discovering more and more and more all the time about how our cells communicate, how the fascia works, how our electrical system works, all of this kind of stuff. All I know is at the end of the day, if you lift weights, you are helping to strengthen your bones. We don't need any studies you don't, <laughs> that is a fact, right? The, the, if you put weight, if you put an overload on your bones, you are helping to maintain your bones and your muscle strength. So what happens a lot of the time is um, women will focus on the scale and th their weight won't change, but their body composition is changing. They're actually getting fatter and losing muscle mass. It's called sarcopenia. And but they don't see this because the scale hasn't changed, but their clothes might be getting tighter. Right. And so muscle is more dense. And so the more muscle you have, the more, um, you know, it's like a sugar soaker. It's soaking in the, the sugar. It's helping you to feel um, better in your clothes. So I, I just I cannot emphasize the importance of start with two pounds, go to five, then eight. I mean, I have 70 year olds in my academy now lifting 15 pounds. They started lifting three wow. and they feel so much better, like mentally, physically, and just knowing that they're helping their bones. So what I say to people is I'm not here to say, like, if you have um, your bones deteriorating, my goal is to not let them get worse. I'm not going to bring them back to what they were when they were 20. But my goal is for you not to get paper thin bones. You do not want osteopenia, which leads into osteoporosis. It's very deadly. It's not talked about enough. 
So one of the things you can do is start lifting weights. And I have a beginner start here weight program in my Vibrant Living Academy. I've been personal training for over 30 years. It is not going to make you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, There is just there's just no downside to learning how to lift weights, do it properly and start with five minutes a day. It's all you need. And then build from there. So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Oh, definitely. And some because I was going to ask about like the misconceptions about the bulkiness because a lot of women are like, ah, if I lift weights, I'm going to get too bulky. (laughs) No, we don't have enough testosterone. Now, listen, there's the odd, odd, odd woman that maybe, but the majority of people like I don't, um, none of my friends like it is just it is not going to happen. I'll just tell you that right now. It's you may when you first start building, you may have a very short period of time where that muscle is growing and you haven't lost some of the fat on top. But that'll change. Your body composition will end up changing. Nothing happens overnight. Nothing. So you just have to start taking the steps in the direction to where you want to go. And so a lot of why I focus on vibrant health as opposed to weight loss, even though I know weight loss is so big for many women is I want you in your fifties and sixties and seventies to be vibrant, to be energetic, to be able to do all the things you want to do. One of the biggest things I hear women say is I just want to play on the floor with my grandkids. I can't get down to the floor. I can't get up from the floor. And I'm like, that's a problem. You know, they're not saying I want to run a marathon. This is functional living and that's really what I focus on like functional living how can you go up and down the stairs and in and out of your car and play with your grandkids and travel and just enjoy life to its fullest right and it's just these simple little things you decide to do every day so you know for example I'll say to a client um before you sit and watch television go go get a weight if this is where you have to start and just do 10 bicep curls and that starts the process but we have to believe in these simple shifts mm-hmm. yes uh especially because i have had suffered i suffer actually uh lower back pain and whenever i'm feeling like oh it's starting to hurt a little bit more what do i do i go ahead and go on my throw my mat on the floor <laughs> and do some butt lifts like with my leg lift up in yeah. the air those donkey kicks or whatever you call them because I notice as I'm strengthening those muscles, my pain just goes away. Yeah, <laughs> it feels no, so it does. Yeah. And you know what's un- very unfortunate? I mean, you know, we live in this culture right now where we're very forward focused, you know, and this is why I'm such a huge proponent of rolling fascia work. I do rolling blocks and balls. Mm-hmm. Your fascia starts to form how we are. And mm-hmm. so we're in this forward folded position. And you as a massage therapist see this. So what happens is the front of your body is compressed and the back of your body's under tension. And so you have this poor lower back and it's going, oh my God, I have to hold on with all my might to hold on to her or she's going to fall over. So you can do simple things by working into your gut, like really starting to open up the fascia in the gut and the chest and through the front of the ribs to un like to release this compression and i know and i'm sure you have this when a lot of people come they complain about the the pain in the back of the shoulders and the neck and the lower back and it's the front of the body 
that really is contributing to a lot because the back is under tension. So when we start to understand how to relieve and change the fascia networking in our body by opening it up and expanding and, and releasing and et cetera, et cetera, and using our breath properly, it really starts to help with a lot of pain in our body. Absolutely. And even massaging in the rib part, this little, this intercostal area here, just massaging out, you can actually breathe better because you're loosening yes. up those muscles. You'd be surprised even in your chest. It's like, oh, just to do a little self-massage, self-love. I love the Absolutely. foam roller. I take my yoga block, I'll put it right on my lower back and just lay there. And it feels good. It's opening up my pelvis. It's like, oh, yeah. It feels good. I love it. <laughs> now, what are some exercise routines would you recommend for um, more of the elderly that are wanting to start building their muscles and so they can prevent osteoporosis and or, and just get healthier? Like simple, simple um, exercise. So what I see, again, this, it really depends on where, where are you starting from, right? So uh, if you're not starting from anywhere, like how do we activate our muscles? Okay. So I don't know if you're going to put this on the video or whatever, but if you just look at my arm, I'll explain all of this. So if I take my bicep muscle here and I just move my arm, okay, that is a motion. Okay. I'm not really activating my muscle at all. So what, one of the first things I teach people is, okay, now I do this. Now, can you see that difference? Yeah. Like my hand does not know how much weight is in there. So it's not the movement, it's the ability to connect your mind to your muscle. So you can start lifting weights without weight. So I can do, this is not right, right? There's just, I'm moving. And now if I contract, you know, I don't have like, you know, big biceps, but you can see that you're, there's resistance here. And so what happens a lot of the time, just being a, a personal trainer, is that we have a car and it needs an oil change and we have no problem going and paying somebody to go and do an oil change on our car. All right. You start working out and you have the most complicated, complex machine in the entire world, this body, and you don't know how to use it. And you some people will invest in themselves and other people won't to each his own. But if you're willing to invest on how it works, uh, signing up with a personal trainer, with me, whoever floats your boat, and you learn, you can save yourself so much time and energy and injury by learning how to activate your muscle. Then you can start to add weights. And this way, you're reducing your chance of injury. You're teaching your muscles how to contract, how to lengthen, how to move body weight properly. And then you just start to grow and grow and grow and grow from there. So I, you know, I don't like, that's the first step I do is I need to see you contract your muscles. I, I need to know that you can do that. And then we can add weight. So I have a whole tea towel series on like lifting a tea towel. And then, you know, a lot of people I deal with already lift weights, but it's like, okay, let's start to make sure we're activating the muscle, not just pushing the weight around. So we learn how to do that. We go up and down, whatever the exercise is. And you can just do some basic fundamental things. Like you have to squat every day. We squat every day. We get on the toilet. We get off the toilet. We get in our car. We get out of our car. We get out of bed, into bed. So you can start again 
by doing very simple exercises, like a level one would be, um, okay, get up and down from a chair. Now, are you doing it properly? Are your knees going in and out? Do I need to strengthen your lateral and your, I mean, so you can get very, you know, I mean, this is fun for me, <laughs> but just making sure you have proper form because as a trainer, my goal is for you not to be in pain, mm -hmm. right? I don't want you to hurt yourself. And so what I see is a lot of people starting boot camps and they haven't done anything, then they hurt themselves and then they're out of the game. So don't go to the top of the mountain. Understand there's a process that you do that you learn how to activate the muscle. Um, maybe if you're, you can't squat, you, you sit in a chair and you start to lift and lower your lower legs off the ground, activating your quadriceps. Okay. Don't just kick. So if this makes sense to people they can understand if, if they're not into weights at all, it may sound a little crazy, but you can start very slowly working those muscles and then start adding weight. And then you're not going to hurt yourself. Does that make sense? Oh my goodness. It makes total sense. It's your intention. It's like, okay, do I want to bend my arm or do I want to squeeze my fist, bend my arm slowly and then see that muscle contracting? Yes. <laughs> it's that because mind body connection. It, yes. Yeah. Cause I have, I have people where they will lift weights, but they don't feel anything. So then you have to back it up because you need to feel that contraction. So, mm. yeah. And then you might have to start um, you know, some people are so stressed. So if your cortisol levels are out of control and then you start exercising too much, it, it elevates your cortisol even more, which then your body goes into holding on to body fat. So you might need to actually start with something like the roller or fascia work or breathing, or, you know, I also teach Pilates and yoga. You may have to start there to regulate your nervous system first. And so this is why it is important. Like we, like I said, we have a car and we have somebody help us, right? And so invest in yourself, right? Invest in yourself so that you have, um, a, you know, a regulated nervous system, that you're getting your muscles online, that you're, you're doing things at your pace so you don't hurt yourself. Right. And I can see, Tony, you're so passionate about this. People should be like <laughs> working with you right away because, you know, I could, my hair, my hairs are standing on my head. <laughs> my crown chakra is being activated here. <laughs> so I, do, I care. I care so, <laughs> I care so much. Like when I'm reading books, I have people's names beside my book. And sometimes I care more than, than the person cares. So you have to want it at the, at the very beginning, you have to want this for yourself and you have to understand it's going to be messy. You're going to feel like you don't want to do things. And that's, you know, you're a coach. You understand like, that's why we're here is when people, when you don't want to do it, you have somebody in your corner cheerleading you on and it's a great motivator. So use it. If you need it, use it. And, and it's, some people have, they feel like they should be able to do it on their own. And we're not meant to do things on our own. We are social beings. We need that. 
100%. Yes, I, 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 I agree. You know, like I was telling you about my coach before, like I have coaches too. <laughs> Even though I, coach, I have coaches too, because I need that accountability. That accountability is so crucial. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's like me and myself. Yes, I can root myself on for so long. But sometimes I get in that slump and that funk if I'm not feeling good. I remember one time I was like, telling calling my coach and I was like, you know, she's also a fitness trainer. So I was like, I don't know if I can make it to um to our session today. She's like, nope, because we live like only like 20 minutes away. And she's like, nope, this is before COVID. Nope, you're coming right now. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yes. And then we just moved my body and she's like, well, how do you feel now? I said, I actually feel much better <laughs> than what I did when I called you. So it is so yeah. true. You need you know that. what you I have so many clients. Sometimes they'll even tell me this. They're like, oh my God, I was just what can I do to not, what excuse can I come with not to train today? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I also teach uh, online group fitness and I always say, thank you for showing up because that's the hardest part is showing up. Once you're here, nobody ever leaves going, Oh man, I wish I didn't do that. Right. They're, at the end, everybody is glowing. They're happy. It just changes. It's the best exercise is the best antidepressant drug out there. You mm -hmm. just have to make yourself do it. And if you're not doing it, that's when you get help. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just mm -hmm. even doing something, even if it's just going outside and taking a walk, yes. you know, breathe, you know, enjoy nature outside. That's a start, you know, just getting just movement. Maybe clean your yeah. house a little bit extra if it's a little bit dirty. But you <laughs> know what? I'm sure you went through this because I remember when I was feeling depressed and dark, the last thing I wanted to do was pull myself out of the depression and darkness. I wanted to wallow in this. I want people to feel sorry for me. I want attention for being so dark and depressed. And there was a point where I just, I understand how sometimes it is so hard to pull yourself out of that. I, I really, I really do. So I sympathize. I get it. I was there. I wanted the darkness. I wanted, I wanted because I didn't feel like it. I was worth having sunshine in my life. I wanted, I wanted, I, I, did you ever feel that way? And then oh, one yeah. day I just said, I don't want this anymore. I, I can't imagine spending, you know, I was in the next 50 years in this dark. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just debilitating. So again, if you are feeling that way, reach out and just take one step. And, you know, just there's so many things you can do. But I, I understand staying in the darkness. I really, 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 really do. And our and our brain knows that darkness is safe. And this is, again, like when you extrapolate this into your nervous system and understanding how your brain works and your brain seeks pleasure and avoids pain. And if it's used to the, the even the pain you're in, it knows that pain you're in. And so it is scary to experience lightness when you're in dark. And when you understand this and understand that your brain is just trying to protect you, you know, something we work on in our coaching is instead of saying, I am depressed, you say a part of me is depressed, a part of me. So it's not the whole you. 
And then when you understand your prefrontal cortex, your amygdala, how your brain is working, you start to understand that your brain is actually working on your behalf, that you have trained yourself to be there, but you can change. And then you, you, you start to sliver in that hope and the light, and then the light shines on the darkness. And then, then you step into the light more and more and more. And I don't know, I would just, I, if, you know, you, you just gotta be, just gotta see that sliver of hope. <laughs> You're awesome, so. Tanya. Yes, you said it so perfectly. That's exactly what it is. I mean, the light is always there's like a flashlight and it gets covered. The light is still there. It's just a little bit dark, but it's still there. It's got to remove yeah. that layer, like the onion. <laughs> and the light yeah, is peel there. The layers of the onion. <laughs> peel the layers of the onion. Yeah. Change your thoughts. Start yeah. to see the light. Well, I already know our listeners are like, okay, we're okay. What's Tanya's number? <laughs> work with her how can our Mm -hmm. listeners go ahead and contact you and i know you do have um something called the five hacks to cut cravings as well yes yeah i um so i have a freebie called the five hacks to cut your cravings which is basically just about learning how to balance your blood sugar levels it's taking five steps that i do i mean i walk the talk i don't just say go and do this no i do it it works. And then I'm like, it works. I'm going to share it. And I still do these things. So uh, it's five simple hacks. You can pick it up for free. You can just go to um, Vibrant Living with Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A.com and just go up to the top and it'll say, you know, freebies or something like that. And you can click on it. I can give you the, the link if I haven't already. And that's just one place to start. And, um, you know, from there, like I said, I do private coaching, group coaching. I have a Vibrant Living Academy, Midlife Reboot. I'm just really passionate about, I work more with women over 35, 35 up to about, you know, 81 is my eldest client right now. Um, Because I'm in my, you know, 50s and we are different than we were in our 20s and 30s. So we need to do things differently and so I like working with this age group. That's amazing. And now, um, just last question, you know, with over 30 years of experience, what has been the most rewarding aspect of helping women move, eat, and think better? Mm. Well, one of my clients, I, you know what? It's just, I, I think it's just the lightness, the, the, the vibrancy that they get to live in their lives. So one of my clients, uh, she's 81 now. But this is the the other thing. You're never too old. So I, I love working with any age, but older clients where they think they've tried everything and then they lose the 60 pounds, okay? And their life is so much different or they lose 10 pounds or one of my clients was in a wheelchair because she hurt herself. She ended up in a wheelchair and now she's like a like an elastic band, right? So she, But she took the time to to invest in herself um as well as like it's not just me she she has a team of people but she shows up twice a week with me and we work on uh, rolling out the fascia and and just all the things but it you're never too late right it's net you're never too old and i just every client like the biggest satisfaction is at the end of the session everybody's eyes are sparkling. There's a smile on their face. 
and they're ready just to go out into the day. So uh, that I, I just. I, I just love seeing the transformation. It can be the smallest little thing to the biggest little thing, but it's it's people investing in themselves to want to move, eat, live, think better, and just, you know, enjoy the journey. Right. Yes. Invest Investing in yourself is the best gift you can give to yourself because mm-hmm. that's where we show our then self-love. Is mm-hmm. by saying, taking that time, saying, you know what? I'm going to invest in myself because I want to transform because I deserve it and I'm worth it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. wow. Well, any last thoughts or any last words? I mean, I, I just loved everything that you've said today. So I just want to say thank you so much, by the way, for bringing mm-hmm. such insights and just good information that our listeners are wanting to hear anyway. So <laughs> they always yeah. wanted about growth. <laughs> I would just say um, overwhelm shuts people down. Mm-hmm. So do the smallest action. And know that that will make a difference. And I love the saying, little hinges swing big doors. So my, my, my whole philosophy is start small. Do what your unmotivated self will do, right? And understand that your brain is trying to go for the big things. This is why the diet industry takes so much of your money. Uh, because they're promising you something that is that your brain wants to hear. But if you can honestly hear the passion in my voice and know that I am coming from like the biggest heart that doing these simple shifts done consistently over time will transform your life. And there will be no more yo-yoing, no more at one end of the, the spectrum to the other. You will stay more centered. And so I think that's what I... I'd like to, you know, the first episode of my podcast was stop falling for the shiny stars. And because I fell for them too. I mean, they're really easy to fall for because they know how to get into your brain. So if you can trust in the simple shifts and find somebody that um, is going to help you with the journey, um, it may not sound as exciting, but I, I think it's more exciting once you can make that shift. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much, Chania, for being on my show today. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. We'll have to do a round two sometime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, 
simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.